0: If a man don't have his self together by the time he get 50, you want to look for somebody else. I'm going to just tell you that right off. I don't care how cute he is. So I told my daughters, under, we don't do Dutch when you go out. you do not going out Dutch. When some guy want to take you out, if he can't afford to feed you, don't go with him. Don't go Dutch even if you want to. Just make him pay. <laughs> I don't, I'm kind of in between jobs right now. Well, if he's in between jobs, you ought to be in between phone numbers. This is Jerry G. Martin, and welcome to the Light of the World. If you are a man, I want you to pay close attention to these messages. After the broadcast, be sure to stay tuned for some exciting things that we have coming up this weekend. In fact, it's not just for men, it's for the whole family. After this message today, we're going to share with you how you can come and be a part of what we're doing right here, where your whole family can have a blessed time. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. We've been looking at the first letter that Peter wrote to the church. Sometimes we can get the feeling when we read the Bible, especially in the New Testament and the letters and the writings to the church, if we're not careful, we just do not consider the makeup of the congregation and the issues and circumstances that the people in the church were going through the writers whether it's Paul or Peter or John are looking and reflecting their letters to the particular issues that are going on in the church the book of first peter uh, begins by telling us who we are in Christ, and then it tells us that uh, we have a new birth in Christ, not by gold or silver or precious stones, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. He tells us that we are born again, and then he goes and tells us that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belong to, that belong to God so that we can show forth his glory. Chapter 2, he continues on to tell us how we should function in society. If we as believers are going to maintain an exemplary testimony in this unbelieving world, we must live blamelessly in four major categories of our social interaction. Now, if believers are going to be different, And let me just say this the Bible expects us to be different than people who do not know the Lord. Just in case you didn't know, He expects us to be different. He expects us to be light in a dark world. He does not expect us to conform to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. In fact, Paul goes on to say we need to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service or our spiritual act of worship, the NIV says. So he expects us to be different. In fact, Peter in his letter says we are aliens in this world. We are strangers in this world. World, in this world system, in this kingdom of darkness in which we were born. He says he has delivered us from darkness and brought us out into his marvelous light. We have entered into the kingdom of God if we are saved. Now, if you're not saved, you're still in the kingdom of darkness. But if you're saved, he says, you are brought out of that kingdom. You've been placed into a new kingdom that has a new set of operating guidelines a new set of operating guidelines. We were, we were chastised here a couple of weeks ago by one of the congressmen um, that spoke to a group of pastors and he was saying, why aren't the pastors really preaching to the people about what God says we ought to do and how we ought to be? And I said, because we're scared. What are we scared of? We're scared they're going to go to the other church down the street if we just tell them like it is. It's too easy for us to. I used to wonder why Paul taught so strictly and strongly and to the church at Corinth, and I figured it out, because they only had one church. <laughs> where else are they going to go? They didn't have first church down the street. They, they didn't have the, uh, the church where when people get offended. See, they get offended at the pastor when he says, you ought to be married if you're going to live together. And says, okay, all right, he's a hater. Let's go to this other church. (laughs) Peter challenges us on how we ought to live an exemplary life wherever we are, and we've been talking about that over the last few weeks. He addresses them in his first letter, and he says we have to have a God-pleasing testimony in society. Especially these days in this culture, in this society, somebody needs to have a God-pleasing testimony. He even said we need to submit to the governing authorities as believers. We need to act like we have an understanding and submit to the governing authorities that we have. We don't live riotous living. We're not revolutionists. We kind of overthrow the government and overthrow the system where we live just because we don't like it. We are to submit to the, those in our workplaces that are our bosses. We don't like to submit to the boss unless we are the boss and then we want folks to submit to us. But I talked about that, so you need to get that message. How to be successful on your job. If you are not the owner, you're not the one who started the business, then you're working for somebody. And so you don't supposed to go to the job and try to run the boss. Why are you trying to tell me what to do? You know why? Because I'm paying you. That's why. And you came here looking for a job. You had your hat in your hand when you came to the door. Are you hiring? Yes, we're hiring. You're looking for a job? Yes, I'm looking for a job. Why should I hire you? I'm really a good worker. And then you've been there for two weeks. Now you're trying to task stuff up. People complain because we want you to come on time. Why aren't you here on time on the job? Well, you know, I got issues. Well, I'm going to have an issue with your paycheck. You're going to have another issue. I mean, that's just the way it is. And uh, every employer is looking for dedicated, disciplined employees who will come and just work. I talk to business people all the time and says, I'm looking for somebody who will work. I know a guy has a trucking company here locally, a big trucking company says, I'm looking for truck drivers that will work. I'm like, you can't find a truck driver that want to work? What is going on in our culture where people don't want to work? They just want you to give them something. They don't want to show up on time. They don't want to have the right attitude. And Peter's saying, no, you ought not be that way. As a believer, you ought to be the best employee on your job. Even if you don't like it, you ought to be the best till you find another one. They ought not know you don't like it. See there? I told you. I can't say what I want to say because you're going to go down the street. See, why is he telling me that? No, that's how you are successful. You ought not be changing jobs every nine months. You got to build a family. You got to build a home. You got to build a legacy. You got to build some finances. You got to... That was a woman that I was talking to. She had this guy that was... She thought she wanted to marry. and, And I said, why won't he marry you? She was about 55, 57, and he was maybe 59. And she said, as soon as he gets his finances together and everything... I'm like, wait a minute. How old is he? I say, sister, you just cut him off right now. He's trying to get himself together and he's that old. Now I can see if he was 27, but he's he's 59. What has he been doing for 59 years? See, that's not in my sermon, but I just I'm gonna help somebody. If a man don't have himself together by the time he get 50, you want to look for somebody else. I'm going to just tell you that right off. I don't care how cute he is. I don't care what he's saying. Well, you know, brother trying to make it, you know how it is for the black man. No, I don't know how, I know how it is for that black man. So I told my daughters, we don't do Dutch when you go out. you do not going out Dutch. When some guy want to take you out, if he can't afford to feed you, don't go with him. Don't go Dutch even if you want to. Just make him pay. Yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. He asks you out. I'm kind of in between jobs right now. Well, if he's in between jobs, you ought to be in between phone numbers. Okay, I'm in between. When you get a job that you've been on a while, then maybe we can talk. Where was I? God is looking for us to have a testimony in our society. Believers ought to be the best employees that people ever have. You ought to be praying for your company's success. You ought to be praying for your boss, praying for your co-workers, praying for the safety and viability of your company. You ought to be praying for God to give you wisdom to be successful wherever you are. The place ought to be blessed because you're there. The Bible says he wants you to be a blessing as you go out and a blessing as you come in. You're blessed because I'm here. Some people can't even invite anybody to church because your attitude's so bad on their job. They don't even know you go to church. You go to church? (laughs) Peter goes from our general society to our workplaces and to our family. And the opening section of chapter 3 deals with another unit of social structure, and that's the family. And that's where we're going to focus this morning. Peter directs six verses to wives' submission to their husband. And then he used one verse to talk to the husband about serving the needs of their wives. And that seems a little bit out of balance. Six verses to the wife, one verse to the husband. But in Peter's day, when a wife became a Christian, the potential for difficulty was much greater than if the husband became the believer first. A lot of these women in the church were coming to the Lord and their husbands were not coming to the Lord. That was a problem in the church, not just because their husband stayed home. Because in that society, when women became Christians without their husbands becoming saved, the women ran the risk of the husband being embarrassed or shamed by what was a view of an act of defiance. By the wife. Your wife did what? She went and joined another religious group. She made that decision on her own. You didn't approve it. And so there were some issues there in the church that Peter recognized and he was addressing. One of the major struggle among a segment of our church is the management of the relationship between two married people, one of whom is saved and one is unsaved. One is saved and one is unsaved. And we still have that situation today. We have a number of women in the church who have committed their lives to the Lord, and their husbands are unsaved. They, they stay home. They don't go to church, and they're not that interested. We have quite a bit of that in the church we do not have so much the other way around. This is what I've noticed as the pastor. We have a lot of women that will attend church and their husbands do not. Whenever we find a man who is saved, there are very few, if any, men who are saved and attend churches, they're married, and their wives do not attend. This is Jerry G. Martin. I certainly hope you've enjoyed this message as we have begun a series to speak to the heart of men. And we began by sharing with you from the scriptures what God says to the husband and to the wife in their relationship one with another. If you would like to hear today's message in its entirety, you can do so by going to our website at lowcf.org. I am inviting every man or every male to come and be our guest on This Sunday, February 11th, I know the country is getting ready for the big Super Bowl game, but we're going to have a football Sunday where we're going to share the message and the love of Jesus Christ in the context of football. I want you to come. If you have played football in middle school, high school, college, or professional, I want you to be my guest. We're going to pray for you, whether you've played in the past or you're playing currently. Join us and we're going to ask God's blessings and goodness and favor over you. Wear your favorite team jersey and then stay around after service and we're going to have a tailgate out in our parking lot. There will be food, fun, and fellowship. It will be no cost to you. I want you to join us this Sunday, February 11th at 10 a.m. We're at 16161 Old Humble Road. Come on out and be my guest. You will not regret it. God has something in store for you. Now, let me mention that the Beacon Bookstore is right here on our campus at the Light of the World. If you need Sunday school supplies, communion supplies, books, Bibles, and any kind of resource, you can call the Beacon at 281-441-2885. 281-441-2885. Now, for the Light of the World, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you And we'll be with you again next time.